Hi there, my name is Darren and welcome to Hugh. Today I would like to talk about God's love for those who love and follow him. Love is a massive word and it does go beyond and above, especially if it involves a relationship with another person. Paul rightly prays in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long, how high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The reason I have quoted Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 is because I'm going to talk about a person named Job. When I first read about Job, I could not really get my head around the meaning of the book. It was very deep, confronting, and I was left with many questions that no one at the time could really answer. It was a book that I buried, I avoided, because it forced me to see God in a different light, and it was a light to me that was very dark because I could not understand it. This podcast has forced me to face this challenging book, and it took a lot of prayer and seeking God to help me truly understand what this book is about. And now I'm glad this has happened because that light that was dark to me has now become bright, clear, and is actually very encouraging. So if you are interested, please listen on. Now Job was a righteous man who lived according to right morals and judgments. Even God himself declared that Job was righteous. Job was so devoted to following God and his principles that he even declared in chapter 23 verse 12, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So that tells me that he really loved God with all his heart. But then one day, during the gathering of angels in heaven before God, God singles out an angel known as the Satan and says to him, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? one who fears God and shuns evil. Satan then says that he only loves God because of what he can get out of God. In other words, Job only loves God because God blesses everything that he has. So God says to Satan, fine, take away the blessings and test him. Just do not kill him. Now this conversation did not happen only once, but twice. Satan took away just about everything Job had. Satan killed all his children and most of his servants. Satan organized for his livestock to be stolen and taken away. And lastly, Satan struck Job's health so that his body was covered in painful boils. After reading this, I am thinking, what a nasty, horrible event that has happened in his life. I certainly wouldn't like it. Even his wife comes out and demands that he should be cursing God over everything that's happened. So how does Job react to all of this? Well, he says to his wife, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, Job, who loved God and who was in grief, did not allow this nasty situation to take hold of him until his three friends rocked up on the scene. Job had three friends who came to comfort him. They also wanted to share their great wisdom of God and to give insight as to why these horrible events happened. Zophar, one of his friends, explains in chapter 20 how the wicked are punished by God in all sorts of ways to the point where the wicked are completely destroyed. According to his friends' wisdom and knowledge of God, 
their conclusion regarding this matter was this. Job had sinned in some way and God is punishing him accordingly. How did Job react to his friends? In chapter 21, Job says, Are you kidding? Do you guys know what you are talking about? Job complains that the wicked actually flourished before God. I'm just going to read a small part of this chapter of Job 21. It's actually verses 7 to 15. Why do the wicked live and become old? Yes, become mighty in power. Their descendants are established with them in their sight, and their offspring are before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear, neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull breeds without failure, their cow calves without miscarriage. They send forth their little ones like a flock, and their children dance. They sing to the tambourine and harp, and rejoice to the sound of the flute. They spend their days in wealth, and in a moment go down to the grave. Yet they say to God, Depart from us, for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we have if we pray to him? So Job here is becoming frustrated. Back in chapter 10, verses 1 to 7, Job wants to know why God's hand is against him. So the picture I'm getting here about Job is that he thinks that if he always does what is right before God, then he should be treated accordingly. He should be looked after in a good way by God. Job feels that he is being treated as God's enemy, as he says in Job 12.24. Why do you hide your face and regard me as your enemy? That's what Job is saying to God. Now Job is not the only person in the Bible who observes the way God deals with the wicked and the righteous. There is King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 7.15, Habakkuk 1.13 and Jeremiah 12.1. I'll just read out the Jeremiah 1.12.1. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Listen to King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 7.15. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. They are both interesting statements. So now Job wants to face it off with God. He is not happy at all. In chapter 23, Job wants to confront God and reason with him, but states that he does not know where to find God or where to look for him, which he finds very frustrating. He wants to hear from God's own mouth the answers to Job's questions. In the end, Job's three friends had failed to find an explanation for Job's situation, and yet They still condemned him anyway. Job held on to his belief that he was righteous before God and therefore he justified his own frustration towards God's judgments and actions to the point where he had the right to confront God about it. Well, guess what happens next? God shows up and he starts speaking with Job. And what is the first thing God says to Job? Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge. Now, prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. That's in Job chapter 38. In other words, Job, unfortunately, you have no idea what you are really saying. So, I am going to question you on a few things. 
So God takes Job through his technical knowledge of the earth, of the ocean, about day-to-day -day things, of the sky and the universe, and mentions many different animals. And he says to Job, Can you please explain to me how all these things work and function? Were you there on the day I created all these things and put everything in its order? Can you call down lightning and explain to me where the hail comes from? Can you make the sun rise each day and tell me where the wind comes from? Or are these topics a little bit too technical for you, Job? Well, Job, I will tell you this. I was there at the beginning. I did make everything that your eye can see and the things that you cannot see because I am the one who knows how to do it. God presented to Job the complexity of this world and it forced Job to back down from his limited knowledge on how God needs to run this world because Job had no idea how everything worked. And if Job had no idea how everything worked and functioned, how then could he give good advice to God? So what has all this got to do with God's love for Job and those of us who love and follow God's ways? God's love for us is deep, wide, complex, above and beyond measurement, and yet very simple. In Job 42.5, Job says this to God, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Job only understood and knew God by hearing about him. But now, with this confrontation with God, and when he came face to face with God, things changed. God revealed to him that he was not Job's enemy, but he had a purpose and a plan for everything, which usually goes beyond our own understanding. Job's children who died, we don't know anything about them or how they lived before God. All we know is, in God's wisdom, their lives were taken that day in a windstorm. God had a purpose in this complex situation. It revealed an attitude within Job in that he was not humble before God when certain situations entered his life. Because of his love for Job, God graciously and yet firmly rebuked Job and opened his eyes in a way that says, Have a humble heart before me and trust me. I know what I am doing and it is for everyone's benefit whether you understand it or not. Now the simple side of God's love is this. His love is intentional towards you and his love puts purpose and hope into your life. His love towards you is consistent and does not falter. Because God's love consists of these qualities, this allows us to completely trust him in all situations, especially as a believer in Christ Jesus. This well-known verse sums it all up very well in John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. In the conclusion to all of this, I'd like to present to you a few points. Firstly, even though Job misjudged God in his situation, his heart's desire was to seek God and to find the truth of the matter. Compare this to Job's three friends who did not seek God, but relied on their own wisdom and knowledge of God, which caused God's anger to arouse against them. Secondly, there is another person in the Bible named Asaph. He wrote Psalm 73. He also misjudged God about how he dealt with people. I do strongly recommend that you read Psalm 73. But the key verses in chapter 73 are verse 16 and 17, 
where Asaph says this, When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. You see, to understand God and his love, as Paul declares in Ephesians, you need to seek God, not lean on your own understanding of God. Asaph and Job reached out to God and it was only then that their understanding became clear and they knew that trusting God, who knows so much more than us, brings peace and a renewed hope. Having your life in someone else's hands is a big thing, but having your life in God's hands, a God who knows what he is doing and a God whose love has purpose, is for your benefit and his benefit. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. It was a very interesting book. I found it very challenging, but I'm glad that I looked into it. And I hope that you are blessed today by listening to this and from what we have learned today. God bless you, and I will talk to you next time. And have a great Christmas too. Good night.